0: The one true God who lives eternally in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The love, grace, and sovereignty of God in creating, sustaining, ruling, redeeming, and judging the world. Well, good morning. This is the uh, blog podcast for 25th of February, and we're beginning uh, a series in over Lent, when we're going to look at a basis of faith, an understanding of the fundamentals of our faith. Recently, Christopher Stolford died, aged thirty-nine, leaving behind a wife and young family. Christopher was a Christian, a friend, also a Northern Ireland politician. Tweeted, "Absolutely devastating news. My thoughts are with your wife and and his." his wee family, a colleague and friend, a faithful servant, at home with Christ, which is far better. The next tweet responded, I'm sure you meant well, but that last line is at best misjudged and at worst is offensive to his family, and would rather he was with them. And so started a pylon of critical posts and counter tweets. Many people could not understand the sentiment based on basic Christian belief that reflects directly Paul's suggestion in Philippians 1.23. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. We don't talk about death enough, which means we don't talk about hope enough either. For in the Christian framework of belief, God's blueprint is for eternal life. That is offered to us through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ to those who believe in him as Lord and Saviour. We don't, in fact, talk about the basics of our faith enough. It struck me, therefore, that it would be good to dwell a while with those basics here in these blogs as we approach Lent, Holy Week and Easter. Churches have annual discussions about what this time of year is all about. Every parish I've served in has different ideas circling around the same theme. It's Easter. We need to do something, or at least be seen to do do something. Lent is seen as a time to self-reflect and do penance by giving something up. Holy Week is a time when we should be out there carrying crosses and hope that this witnesses to unbelievers. Easter is a celebration. Then we have a bank holiday. The clergy go on holiday for a week and then we get back to the usual rhythm when it all calms down again. I repent, the last was unnecessarily cynical but cynicism is often born of some whiff of truth. I would like to suggest a different way of looking at these things. Lent is a time of preparation. It's based on Jesus' time in the wilderness during which he fasted. That much is true. But also note that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, wilderness, and during all that time, he was tempted. At the end of this season, he is not full of self-doubt or loathing. There is no penance. He is strong and assured, and he bats off the devil's lies by using the scriptures in which he was immersed. Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday are central to our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So wrote Paul in 1 Corinthians 1. To step straight into the Christian story on Good Friday makes no sense to the unprepared. Senseless killing doesn't look like love. Sacrifice looks like foolishness. Silent defense looks like madness. Redemption makes no sense when you don't know that you are a debtor. Victory is hollow when you do not acknowledge the enemy. But to those who know these things, Good Friday is the power of God, resurrection is the power of God demonstrated, and good news is the power of God shared. My increasing contention, therefore, is that just as the disciples went to the upper room to make sense of these things after the resurrection, we are called at this time of the year to go where the Spirit leads us, immersed in the Word of God, filled with awe at the depth of the sacrifice made for us on friday and lifted up with joy at the lifting of the son of man on sunday renewed and replenished so that yet again we can never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor serving the lord be joyful in hope patient in affliction faithful in prayer in short I believe that Lent and Holy Week is for the believer, that we may be renewed and re-energised for the other 51 weeks in the year where we can share the gospel. Jesus says to the disciples in Luke 24, you are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Notice that he instructs them to be witnesses, but says, stay. That is Holy Week to the church. To stay together, pray together and discover afresh the glory of the gift of salvation. Holy Week is for the church to stay and prepare, and then to go and make disciples of all nations. The framework for preparation in these blogs will be around these basics that we all need to know and to be comfortable with. It's always good to get back to basic principles, as my engineer father would tell me. We will do that by looking at a basis of faith. We'll be using the basis of faith of the Evangelical Alliance on our website soon. There are many reasons to do this, including telling newcomers and seekers what we're about and strangely about our lettings policy, but that's another story. We are members of the Evangelical Alliance and that is the basis of faith that we already require of the people who work for us. Therefore, this is the basis of faith that we will explore here. The first two statements from that basis of faith say several things about the God we believe in. Is one God, not a pantheon, we are monotheists. There is only one God, an eternal God. He was and is and is to come, the Alpha and the Omega. He is forever. There is never a time he wasn't and will never be a time when he isn't. He is three persons. He is a Trinity, a perfect relationship between three persons of one substance of, of one being, but in three persons. It's a mystery. 2,000 years of debate haven't entirely cracked this one, so don't worry too much about this. God the Father, creator of all, God the Son, one in creation, but also incarnated as humanity, and God the Spirit, God with us until the end of the age to bring us back to God. So one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all are God, not three gods, but one. Love, grace, and sovereignty. God's defining features are being in charge, greater than we are, source of ultimate love and grace unearned in ways that we cannot achieve ourselves and love itself, creator, sustainer, ruler, redeemer and judge. Of all things, in short, don't make your God too small He makes the good rules, oversees if we match up, and helps us get there. So if anyone asks you who God is, this is your starter for 10. One creator, source of all life, over all things, love, grace forever, a judge who reveals himself in different ways, drawing us back to him. He is awesome. More of this next week.